Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Genesis 45, and I'm going to read down through verse 4, and then we're going to jump around a little bit if you'll just stay with me in your Bibles or on the screen. Genesis 45 and 1, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me, and there stood no man with him. And while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren, and he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. And if you'll go with me to verse 9. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, and tarry not. Everybody say, tarry not. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and all that ye have seen, and ye shall... Haste and bring down my father here. Verse 19. Now thou art commanded, this do ye. Take ye the wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and, and bring your father and come. And we'll conclude with verse 20. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. I'm just going to preach to us this morning for a few minutes from this title a message for Jacob. I wonder this morning, how, how many believe in this apostolic truth? How many really, really with everything you have, you believe in this way of life, this doctrine and this apostolic truth? I, I believe this and I, I believe that it's not just for the past and I don't believe that sometime in the future God's fixing to do something great, but I believe that God right now in our midst is working. I know that our scheduled revival is over, but I'm convinced that God wants to continue to move. And I'm not speaking this morning about moving abroad. I'm talking about move here at Hatchman Apostolic Church. I, I don't think that I have to go to the book of Acts and dream and wonder and what it would be like to have miracles and signs. But I believe that God is the same yesterday and today and forever. And he wants to do those same miracles now. I believe he's here now. The book of 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And we've got to realize as a church that it's, that it's now, and we've got to seize the opportunity to be a part of the kingdom. You know, on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, we know that they were all with one accord in one place, uh, Sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, it filled the house. There appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire, 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Now, Jesus, this is where he had sent the promise. He had sent the promise of the power, and they realized what was happening in their midst, and they took advantage, if you will, of the opportunity. And we've, we've got to do that today. Every time the Spirit of God moves, it, it's don't, don't put off and say, I don't feel like it today, and maybe when I come back next week. But, but when the power of God is moving in this house, we've got to take advantage of it, and, and it's it now. It's now we've, we've got to move. And, and the church of Acts, they they done this. They seized. And, and we know that the Lord sent the former rain in moderation. And he promised that the latter rain would be a flood and a flood of water that would fill ditches. And if you think that they had a move at, at Pentecost, if you read the New Testament and look at all the miracles and the signs, if if you think that they really had something going on, I, I believe we're... We're, we're no, we're, we can't contain what we're about to see and what we're about to experience in, in these last days. And make no mistake about it, we are in the last days. And it's time as a church for us to rise to the occasion. And we have nothing to be ashamed of of what, what we have. You see, what we got, the world is, is looking for. Gentlemen, we don't have to be ashamed because we don't stand around the water cooler and listening to the dirty jokes. And we, we don't have to be ashamed of that. Be, be proud that we stand over to, to our side and don't partake in that. Ladies, you, you don't have to hold your head down when you walk down the mall and you're dressed holy and righteous and you don't look like everybody else around you. See, contrary to popular belief, and let me speak on from a man's standpoint, contrary to popular belief, men are not looking for someone dressed any old way that acts any old way. Holy women really matter, and holy women make a difference. I'm thankful for our Pentecostal ladies uh, that carry that load for us. This is, a, this is a day for old men to dream dreams, and this is a day for young men to see visions. As we return to our story this, mo this morning, Joseph was a man that was hated for his dreams. And I, I regret to say this this morning, but uh, if you have some dreams and some visions, be prepared for someone to try to crush them. Be prepared for, for someone to try to discourage you from them because everybody's not attached to the kingdom and everybody's not kingdom-minded. And we have a mindset of God and when we have things we're wanting to pursue in the kingdom, we have to be prepared. And, and Joseph was prepared and even though he was hated for his dream, he never forgot his dream. And and we have dreams. We don't, you don't have to be on this platform to have a dream. You don't have to stand behind this desk, this pulpit, to have a dream. God didn't just give the pastor the ability to have dreams and visions. He, he gave this ability to the church. And that, that's me. That's you. Everybody say, I am the church. We, we are the church. And, and God didn't call the pastor to win this community. He called he and Sister Boyd here to be the shepherds and the pastors of this church. He called you and I to win this community. We've got the responsibility of bringing people to the house of the Lord. We've got the responsibility to share this truth and this gospel. This, this befalls us. God didn't call just preachers to win the world. But God called the church to win the world. And, and we are where we are today. You and I are here today by design, appointment, and purpose. We didn't just randomly show up, but God has a plan for us. And you, you find a church where a pastor and the saints have the same dream and vision, 
and you have found a church that's going to be on fire and you have found a church that will have the ability to reach their community. And I tell you this morning, I believe with all my heart that we are that church. We are that church that can reach our community. We, we as individuals must have a vision. And if you don't have a vision today, let me encourage you, start, start seeking one. I said earlier in prayer, we have not because we ask not. If you don't have something that you desire to do in the kingdom, ask God to give you a passion and a desire for something to do in the kingdom. Ask, ask God to appoint you to a place in the kingdom and, and be prepared also when you're appointed to a place because you may have to suffer. Paul said, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Suffer what? Suffer for your dream. You may have to suffer for, for your vision. Suffer because you won't compromise and, and for your righteousness and your holiness. And he followed it up by saying, nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know in who I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against this day. We know from this familiar story this morning that Joseph was sold into slavery. He was lied on. He was put in prison. He was forgot about, but then God promoted him. Now, I don't mean this to sound arrogant and, or, or, or bold or out of line this morning, but, but I'm waiting for my promotion in the kingdom. I, I want to keep being elevated in God, and I want to keep doing more from God. It, it, you know, it wasn't very long after he was promoted that the ones who lied on him had to come where he was. Isn't it ironic that when Joseph got into his position of power now those that had heard him here here they have to come they have to come asking for some things and when they came he knew who they were but scripture tells us that they didn't know who he was and let me pause right there and, I, and say this I think it's very disturbing when we can come into the house and I want you to understand what I'm saying and take this in the spirit that I'm saying it in it's very disturbing when we can come into the house of God in the power and the presence of God not move mighty, and we're not moved. We're not stirred. We're, we're, we're not shaken. If the Holy Ghost in me is real, then when the Holy Ghost moves, this needs to rise up. This, this, this needs to pay attention at, at what's going on. And it wasn't very long after he was promoted that they come to him, and we've, we've got to realize that when the power and presence of God moves it's here for purpose. He wants to help us and he wants to embrace us and he wants to sustain us and he wants to, he wants to remind us that he's got some provisions stored, stored up for us. And, and Paul reminded us, and this is very familiar, but we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And I can do everything. Whatever God has called, God's going to call us to do nothing. God's going to send us nowhere that he won't equip us to go. I'm going to present an awkward illustration this morning. I've hesitated from this, but uh, I, I, w I want to use an analogy with the characters of this Bible story, and um, I just want you to stay with me just, just for a little bit. And I want Joseph this morning to represent Jesus, and his brothers is going to represent the church, and Jacob will rep represent the world. Does everybody understand that? Joseph is going to represent Jesus. His brothers will represent the church. And Jacob will represent the world. There, there's some things that we got to do, and there's some things that the brothers got to do, and there's some things that you and I have got to do. We've got to get a revelation. 
Now when the brothers, when the church come to meet Joseph, he made every man to leave so he could reveal himself to them. He, he wanted to be alone with them. And before he talked to them about Jacob, or before he talked to them about the world, he sent them, before he sent them on their mission, he said, first of all, you've got to have an understanding. And I want to give you a revelation before you go out there. See, not everybody is qualified to teach a Bible study. Not everybody is is, is, is qualified to be the leader of a men's group or be the leader of a ladies' group or to teach a Sunday school class. Not anybody and everyone is called as a God-recognized preacher. You take all the courses, receive all the credits, attend all the Bible schools, but if we don't have the anointing of God, <laughs> if we don't have the anointing of God on our Sunday school teachers, if we don't have the anointing of God on our Bible study teachers, if, if Brother Donnie as our leader of the men's group doesn't have the anointing of God on him, Sister Cricket, if you don't have the anointing of God on you leading our ladies, we will fail. We've got to have a revelation of the truth and realize that everything we do requires the anointing of God. If you come here to church this morning, not expecting and are not really needing, needing the anointing of God, I'm sorry to tell you, but you've wasted your time and you've wasted his time because he's brought us here for a reason, and that's to pour something out on us. We've got to have an understanding and a revelation, and we've got to have an encounter. And I know this is cliche and simple, but we've got to have an encounter and a relationship with Jesus Christ. You, you, you can't expect to do nothing for him if you ain't talking with him all the time. I know that's simple, but, but you, you can't expect for God to, to send you out and use you if you ain't talking to him all the time. A, a revelation of just exactly who he is, and it's got to take place in our life. Brother Rayleigh, I, I love what you, what you said a few weeks ago. You said not just a head knowledge, but I want a heart knowledge. I, I want this I want this burned in me, and I want it to consume me. I want to go to bed with it. I want to wake up with it. Everything I do, I want it to revolve around the kingdom of God. Joseph, he, he made every man leave so that he could reveal himself. And, and I'm preaching today that if we're going to have a real outpouring, if we're going to have a a clear revelation, if we're going to have that latter rain, the unveiling of the truth, if we're going to have an open mind, if we're going to have all this happen, we've got to be ready to work. We, we've got to be ready to dig some ditches. We've got to be ready to come close to him and get along with him. And sometimes it hurts to get along with God. So sometimes it hurts because when you, when you get alone with God, you're, you're all by yourself. You see, there's, when I'm alone with him, it, it's not always a popular place because when I get along with God, I can't brag on myself. I can't tell God about what all I've done. I can't tell God about who all likes me and where I've been. See, God's not interested in that. I can't inform God of anything that he don't already know. I, I, I can't impress him. I, I can't talk to him about my abilities. And when I come to God, he surely, surely will not tolerate me gossiping to him about anybody else in the church. When I'm alone with God, sometimes it's going to hurt if I really want to be like him. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And, and what, he, what Paul was saying, he, he was saying, Here, here's where Jesus was at. And you and I 
if we're going to attain that, we're going to have to walk in his ways. And if we're going to obtain the things that we need to minister to the world, we got to let some junk go. And we got to get over some things. And we've got to push forward. We can't be on an ego trip in the presence of God. As a matter of fact, in his presence, we should fall down and begin to praise the one who is holy. Uh, the one that plucked me out of hell and saved me from the fire and redeemed me and called me by name and calls me friend. In his presence, I want to be like Isaiah and say, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. I want to tell you today that if we're going to reach the world for Jesus, we've got to have some people in this house get along with God. If this church is going to succeed, we've, we've got to get along with God and we've got to... We've got to do this to see God to continue to move mighty in our future. The brothers came wanting grain, but he said, first, you've got to know who I am. You're not getting any grain until you get a revelation that I, I am Joseph. You and I have got to know who he is before we can take part in the harvest. Hear me, if, if we don't have a relationship with him, our harvest is not going in his basket. Verse 3 says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? His brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled in the presence. And I'm telling you, we need to be troubled at the presence of God when we're not doing the will of God. When God begins to stir us because we're not doing something for the kingdom, we need to pay attention and adhere to it. And, and that ought to disturb us. And, and when, when, when preaching is coming forth from this pulpit that stirs and convicts us like we've heard in revival, we need to be attentive. You know, sometimes people say, oh, pastor, I want you to, I want you to preach the easy things to me. I, I didn't come here to this service to hear this. I, I come to hear something that will make me feel good. I come to hear how much you like me and how much everybody else likes me. I, I, don't, care, I don't care to hear things that that want to move me and stir me. I just come to shout and get my spiritual fix for the week. I come to feel good and to sing. When I, I know we all know this, and, and, and I'm preaching to the choir, but we need preaching. I need preaching that makes me feel uncomfortable. I need preaching that stirs me. If I'm not right in my life in a particular area, I want somebody on this platform or somebody in this congregation to speak into my life and say, Jerry, you're, you, that ain't right. You're not, you're not where you need to be. Because see, I'm trying to make heaven. I'm trying to make heaven. And I don't want anything to get in the way of me making the promise that he's given to me. Number two, after you get the revelation, we got to go tell the world. Verse 9 said, haste ye and go up to my father. And when you go to the Father, see what Joseph was saying is he, he's not going to believe you. And, and Jacob here depicts this unbelieving world that we live in. He, he's those in the world that don't believe. And you and I, we know. See, we, we believe and we've had the revelation. And, and the world doesn't believe. And he's, he's sending us to take this message. And he's saying, hurry up. It's time to go now. And, and the harvest is ready. The time is now. How many has got lost loved ones? There's our, there's our first. Before we even have to go to the world, we can go to our loved ones. The time for harvest is now. The harvest is ready. Number three, he said, bring him here. Notice in verse nine, he said, I want you to go to my father, and I want you to bring him here. I don't want you to take me down to him, but I want you to go get my father and bring him to me. Hear me. We need to bring 
the lost world to a place where God can touch them, heal them, and save them. He, he'll, he'll take care of it, not us. I understand that everybody's not going to come through that door, but we've got to go to a place, whether that be in the office, whether that be at the tailgate of the truck, whether that be at the nursing home or the prison or a dining room or a kitchen table. We've got to be spiritually ready to create an atmosphere that the presence of God can move in. I, I, I love being in the house of God. I love being in the sanctuary, but this ain't the only place he saves and changes lives. We had a, we had a powerful move, Brother Everett, Thursday night of the Holy Ghost. Not nothing that he and I did. Not nothing that we said, but when you present this truth, See, truth walks on its own, and truth talks on its own. And when you present this truth, men and women can't help but to be stirred and to be, when, when, when people are receptive to the truth. Now, you, we, we may preach, and it fall to the ground, and we know that's going to happen. But we was admonished, we got to shake the dust off and keep moving. But, but our responsibility is to plant the seed. See, sometimes we want to we wanna, we wanna get to somebody, we want to, we want to speak a little truth into their life, and then we want to tell them how to dress. We want to tell them how to fix their hair. We want to tell them what they need to be wearing, take this off, put that on. If we would just leave that alone and forget about that and let God, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will inspire how we need to live. God, did, God didn't have to tell them on the day of Pentecost how to conduct themselves. When, when that power came, that power that power will give us the information that we need. The world does not, the world doesn't need someone to tell them everything they're doing wrong. They know that. They need some people that'll tell them what, what they need to do to be right. Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What, what are we doing about Jacob? What, what are you and I, I, I want us to ask the question to ourselves today, what are we doing? to help the world? What are we doing to help? Do, do, what are we doing for our part to help save the lost? Jesus wants the lost world to know about him, and it's very, very simple. He chose you and I to tell them. Joseph, Joseph basically had four commands for his brothers. He said, you tell daddy I'm alive, and Jesus is saying to us, tell the world I'm alive. When you take this message out in the world, we've got to let them know that that he's a living God, he's alive, and he's well. The world doesn't need more watered-down, dead preaching, dead services. There's enough of that. I, I hate to keep using the prison as, a, as, a, as an example, but, but when, we, when we go there and Brother Chris begins to lead praise and worship, it's nothing like they've ever seen before. They're used to sitting in their pews and a, a, a monotone song coming forth. But, but when he begins to lead and the power of God begins to fall, see, pe people want something that's tangible and real and that they can touch. There's, a, there's enough of, of dead church in the world. They're, they're looking for something that moves and stirs, and we have that. We, we have what the world is looking for. We're, we're serving a, a living God. He... he I'm talking about a God that saved my soul. He changed my destiny. And, and I, I want to do everything I can. He heals my body. He, he intervenes in my affairs and he gives me hope. And that's what the world needs is some hope. And you and I have that to give. 
Jacob thinks that Joseph is dead, but he's alive. And Jesus is saying to us today, I want you to tell them I'm alive. All over this Eastern and Western culture, there are religions where their God is dead. Buddha is dead. Muhammad is dead. All the self-proclaimed messiahs are dead. You can go to the tombs and find remains of their bodies. But you and I both know this morning that we can go to the tomb of Jesus Christ and we'll find what, 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 what are you here looking for? Because he, he's risen. He, he, he's risen. He, he's, he's not here anymore. Jesus is here and he's alive. And we've got to realize that, that, that when, we, when we take this message out, we're not taking something that's, that's old and that's tarnished and that's dead and that's in a box. We're taking something that's alive and it's real and it's something to be proud of. I'm proud of this doctrine and I, I'm thankful for my heritage and I'm thankful that I've been given the opportunity to reach the world. We all have that opportunity. Secondly, Joseph said, you tell him that I'm Lord of all. I want you to tell dad that I'm Lord of all. Tell him I've got what he needs. I've got corn. I've got wine. I've got provision. I've got everything because I'm boss in Egypt. I, I run this house. And we've got a commission to go tell the world that we, we serve a God that he's, he, he's boss of the house. He's, he, he's Lord of everything. Whatever we need, he, he provides. He, he carved out the rivers and the valleys and he, he gave the rivers their course and he put the blue in the sky and the green in the grass and the corn in the shuck and he, he put the fragrance in the rose. He is God. And beside him there is no other. Thirdly, he said, when you get over there, I want you to tell Jacob, I want you to tell the world, tell them about my glory. I'm going to give you some grain, but I don't want you to go talking about that. I'm going to give you some gifts, but I don't want you to go, go back telling the world, or I don't want you to go back telling Jacob about these gifts. See, when your gift, let me pause here, when your gift is not a submission, and when your gift is not in submission, your gift becomes a downfall. Now, if you got a gift, and we all do, everybody in here's got a gift, and you don't have a pastor, or you're not under submission of that pastor, um, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble. We we know that the Bible says to submit ourselves unto them that have rule over us. That means submitting our gift to the kingdom and to the pastor. Well, what are you talking about, Jerry? I'm, I'm saying if you are sitting on a gift and not using it in the kingdom, not only are you disobeying God, you're not submitting to the pastor because he stands behind this desk and asks us to work for the kingdom. So you're, you're in disobedience to him as well. When, when, I, when I sit on my talent, when I sit on my ability, uh, I, I'm in full-fledged disobedience. I am not doing what God has called me to do. And furthermore, I am disobeying my pastor. Submission, submission can sometimes be difficult. And, and, and I've heard people say, well, I'll submit if I agree with it. Well, submission, I don't always agree with submission. But it's not for me to agree with. My Bible says submit, whether I agree with it or not. If, it fits, if it's wrong... That's not for me to decide. Pastor will have to, he'll have to deal with that and answer that, and I say that respectfully. But, but my job is to submit to him and the kingdom. There, there are people who attend churches all over the world, and I'm, I'm not pointing out saying anything here, but they attend a church and call a pastor a pastor. 
but he, he's really not a pastor. They're, they're just going to church to make themselves feel better. They're their own pastor. They're not going to submit anything. They're not going to do anything that they don't want to do. And if the man of God is truly pastor, if, he's, if we're truly to submit to him in our life, we'll listen. And, and even when we don't agree, even when we don't agree, we're going to fall under the reign and the rule of the kingdom of God and, and, the, and the pastor of us. We, we've, we've got to realize Bible talks about one mind, one spirit, one body, one accord. Now, don't think for one minute on the day of Pentecost that those 120 agreed on everything. Don't think that there wasn't some strife. Don't think that Joe sitting up front didn't like Sally in the back. Don't think there wasn't some of that going on. But see what those 120 did. They, they laid all that down for a minute, Brother Donnie. And they said, we're here for a purpose. We're here to receive something from God, and I'm going to have to let this go, and I'm going to have to get in one mind, one body, and one accord. And when we can do that, then the power of God is unlimited, unlimited to what it can do for us. I'm going to ask our musicians to come, and, and fourthly, I'm going to tell you that Jacob said, I want you to go to my father. Joseph said, go to Jacob and tell him everything that you've seen here. I want you to tell him I'm alive. I want you to tell him that I'm Lord of all. And I want you to tell him about the glory. There are those who can say to the world, I've seen blinded eyes open. Brother Gibson, you've, you've, you've seen blind eyes open. You've seen deaf ears heard. You've seen perhaps the lame to walk. There's those that have that testimony. And then there are some of us who, who hasn't seen the blind eye open. We, we haven't seen the lame stand out of the wheelchair. We, we haven't seen a deaf ear open. But that doesn't make our experience any less. We, everybody in this house has had God do something for them in their life. And if it's just one thing, but there's more than just one thing, but if it is just one thing, that's okay. You take that one thing to the world and you tell them what God has done in your life and, and how he can move. If he saved your soul, if you've been filled with his spirit and baptized in his name, that's enough already. He didn't have to do that, but he's done that for us today. God's wanting to show us that he's the answer. He wants us to show the world that he's the answer. And there, there's a world out there that needs to know about Jesus. There's a world out there that needs a vision to see, a vision to know, and something to hope for. And if you choose to, to sit down with people and argue about doctrine, you can do that till the cows come home. But can't nobody argue with me about my experience. I know what God's done for me. I know where God's brought me from. You can say, you know, I was blind, but now I see. I was lame spiritually, but now, now I can walk. I was lost, but thank God, now I'm found. I was on drugs. I was hooked on alcohol. I was in depression, and the list could go on and on. God's done great things, and if you wasn't, if you wasn't any of these, what was it the scripture says? But such were some of you. It, thank God that you never had to go down that alley. Thank God that you never had to make that walk. Thank God that he saved you early. The gospel is good news. And the gospel, 
gospel is not negative. There, there's some people that if you listen to them long enough, they'll try to convince you that, that nobody is saved but them. The church is falling apart and the pastor's letting this go on and that go on. I'm here to tell you today that the church is alive and the church is well. And this is his church. And as long as he's in charge, church is going to be all right. She may sway to the left and sway to the right and she may dip down and take on a little water. But the, but the church is going to be all right as long as he's piloting this ship. And I'm thankful today. I'm closing with this. I'm closing with this. In verse 20, he said, Regard not your stuff, for I'm going to give you what you need for the journey. And you know what the problem is? Sometimes we've got, we've, we've got too much of our stuff in what we're trying to do. If, if we could just keep the stuff out of the church, out of our ministry, and out of our way, God could open up unlimited possibilities. Stuff, stuff is junk that's in the back of the shed that you don't never use and you really need to throw away. And we got some things that we, we got to, pardon me for... Pardon me for saying this, but we got to trim the fat and get some things out of the way and, and, and move forward and, and get, some, get some junk and get some stuff out of the way, and then God can, God can really use us. We've got an experience. We've got a relationship, and that's what the world needs. The world needs somebody that's real, something that's tangible and something that they can touch, and you can touch this. You can feel this. It, it moves and it stirs. Jesus is saying to the church he said I'm going to give you some gifts and in verse 23 Joseph said I'm giving you some wagons and I'm paraphrasing here he said I'm giving you some wagons some donkeys some silver some raiment good things some corn bread meat I'm not just going to give you a message to take but I'm going to give you some things that you're going to need to live by and God does that very same thing for us he, he gives us he gives us some gifts of the Spirit. He gives us fruits of the Spirit. He said, you go tell them what I saw, what I told you. See, Jacob, when they come to Jacob, he saw the wagons coming. He saw everything. And he realized, this is what I, this is what I get to go see uh, Joseph in. This is how I'm going to be carried to meet my son who I thought was dead but now yet lives. And what this world needs is, is they need to see a place that they can get to where there's hope. See, there's hope in Jesus Christ. That's why he said, he said, see, God's not going to ask the lost and the unsaved and the bruised and the hurt. He's not expecting them to come by themselves. You and I couldn't make it on our own. That's why he said, no man comes except the Spirit draws him and it's the spirit of God that draws him and that same spirit you and I have that spirit in us we know that it, it matters how we conduct ourselves it matters how we carry ourselves the spirit of a man precedes itself I heard this said a long time ago we may be the only Bible that some people ever read so be sure when they open the pages they're finding something holy righteous and pure That's why God moves people with conviction. It's, it's not about the singing. It's not about the shouting. It's not about the dancing. I, I love to shout. I love to sing as much as anybody. Most of you uh, realize I, I probably bounce around too much. But all that's fun and all that feels good. And I, I, I need that in my life. I need that in my life. But it's this truth. 
It's this truth that's a life changer. We, if, if, if all of this was taken away today, as long as we had this, that's all it would matter. That's, this is all it takes to get us to where we're going. Would you stand across this house with me? Let's lift our hands toward heaven and thank Him for this truth and this doctrine. Let's thank Him for the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful today, Father. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.